wouldn't it be absolutely wonderful if we had a special camera that could take a picture snapshot of our hearts? I mean, we have MRIs to capture our physical hearts, but no such thing exists for the world of the heart, at least not yet. Today, I want us to do a bit of self-reflection. So we're probably already familiar with the concept of IQ and EQ, right? So IQ is short for intelligence quotient, supposedly shows us how smart we are cognitively. It's basically determined by a series of short tests that are based on everyday occurrences. We once relied heavily on it to determine intelligence, but recently IQ is taken a lot less seriously. But then came along EQ, which is short for emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. And EQ at a personal level can actually help us to have uncomfortable conversations, you know, without hurting person's feelings and manage our emotions when we feel stressed or overwhelmed. And it can actually help us to improve our relationships with the people we care about. So both IQ and EQ have been firmly established in our culture as a way of assessing ourselves as human beings in terms of how we think and how we interact with each other. I want to, however, introduce you to two different kinds of assessments, which brings me back to the point of self-reflection. Now, everyone, brace yourselves. This is where it gets deep, all right? So first, let's try the 1 to 100 assessment. Here's how it works. So on a scale of 1 to 100, with 1 being the worst and 100 being the best, let's take a moment to score ourselves. So I want you to think hard and consider all your strengths and weaknesses, everything you know and don't know, your attitude and your personality. Now, mash those sub-assessments together and give yourself a number. Got it? Okay, great. So here's a secret though. If you scored yourself closer to 100, let's say, for example, you deemed yourself an 80, that means that the remaining 20 is what you allow for self-improvement. Easy concept, right? So everyone, but there's a problem with this. Inside of this, there's a secret to happiness that we have oftentimes missed out on, right? If you think you are 100, then that means nothing has satisfied you more in your life. You're basically at the pinnacle, so to speak. The problem is, we are always dissatisfied as people. But if you're scoring yourself 100, then there's nothing to chase. There are no opinions or pieces of, of advice to heed. There's no change to be had. Being at 100 means you're absolutely stagnant. And the 100 club will have a very hard time interacting with others in meaningful ways. They will look down on people, fill themselves with self-righteousness, and they'll always choose their way over someone else's way. And these types of people are miserable at the end of the day. So everyone, the lower the score, the lower the self-esteem, right? Wrong. That may be one way to look at it, but take the half glass full approach for a moment. It means that opportunity abounds. There is ample space for the hearts, thoughts, and considerations of other people. 
and a person with a lower score can be filled continually with the blessings and grace abound for this person. I never thought of it like this, right? The world may say 100 is the best, but it shows that there is nothing left. Reality is, there is always another way to grow, to gain hope, to dream, and to pursue said dream when you score yourself less. The world is more open, your heart is more open, and change is just around the corner. The best kind of change, that is. So now, I want us to take a look at the second assessment. And for this measurement, consider yourself as a good old-fashioned fraction, complete with a numerator and denominator. And the fraction of your heart can be represented like, for example, despairs over hopes. And here's how this important fraction works. So there are despairs in your life, right? And at any given moment, you might be stuck in a miserable job or even academic program and you might have someone seeking your home or you might be sick yourself and your parents are separated or divorced you're poor you have trouble making friends and you're often lonely you can't seem to find the bright side in pretty much anything lots of despairs right but the issue is that rethink change means getting rid of despairs i mean i used to think this way also and doing everything in our power to cast them out of our lives. But guess what, everyone? Despair will always be there. That rhymes. <laughs> Despair will always be there, right? Waiting to cause us distress and sadness. And the more we try to get rid of them, the more they come back around, but just in different forms. And we ultimately cannot change them by doing this. So stagnancy strikes again. So let's say that despairs greatly outnumber the hopes for a particular person. So I'll give you an example of, you know, using numbers. So five despairs, for example, over one hope equals to five. Not much to look forward to with that number five, right? But watch what happens. The person with five despairs decides to increase the number of hopes in his or her life. We don't have to go through a whole laundry list of hopes, right? You get the point. But let's lay our despairs to the side and think about the hopes we have in life. And if we dig deep enough into the world of our hearts, we will discover that the hopes are endless. For the sake of this um, podcast lesson today, let's say that we've uncovered like 20 hopes. So let's take a look at the fraction now. I'm not usually not very good at math, but... No, follow along with me. Five despairs over 20 hopes, because remember we've increased the hopes now. That will equal to 0.25, right? And you know, that's really interesting, right? See what we just did there? We didn't try to get rid of the despair, but we just increased the hope and the fraction automatically reduced in value. So the longer you actually entertain sadness or despair, the longer it sticks around but if you leave sadness or despair alone and ignore it and play with hope instead then the value decreases amazing isn't it we can understand through this fraction that it's not about the amount of despair in our lives it is about the value of the despair that counts 
And what does this all have to do with change? These measurements get lower and the willingness to pursue true change rises. The less value you actually place on despair, the more value you place on hope. And hope is the energy to change everyone. The lower you score yourself, the more prepared you become to change for the better. So sometimes we need few simple measurements for our heart to understand where we are and where we need to be to attain and sustain true joy in life. So everyone, I want to thank you for tuning in today. And I really hope that you'll be able to take away something from this. And through these two assessments, you can also be able to reflect on your life and you can see how you can change how you've been thinking and also how you can actually move from the path of despair to the path of happiness. Thank you and see you next time on The Heart of Change. Thank you.